Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest IMG podcast. Um, my name is David Coughlin, and I'm joined by my co-founder, Richard. Hello, how are you doing? And um, this month on the podcast, we're really excited to be joined by uh, a friend, a client, and um, an excellent all-round person, as well as an accountant. Apart from being an accountant, is generally okay. Thank you, and welcome, Sean Walsh. Thank you. Yeah, good Good to be with you. I'm the one in the top right, the handsome one in the top right hand. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to get that in, Sean. <laughs> but actually, so, on my screen, I'm in the top right. So right. Basically, that could be anybody. So thanks for that. <laughs> the wonders of Zoom. So, yeah. So, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. And the reason why we were really excited to have Sean on the podcast was we are big advocates of distributed working, flexible working, remote working. Um, and Sean, you've actually sort of been using this model for years. How long have you, how long have you been working like this? Uh, 12, 15 years, I guess. So Brilliant. everybody's walking around saying that COVID's a big change for them. For me, it's actually... Uh, business as usual um, in some ways uh, it's actually made my work life easier in that in that clients don't expect me to come and see them anymore <laughs> so, so, so actually everybody's now caught up with you yes <laughs> yeah that's interesting actually we, we, we were speaking to someone today weren't we David they said that actually the world by COVID has caught up with their way of working and it's pretty yes. much like what you, you've said you know you're yes. probably ahead of COVID basically. yeah absolutely I mean it, you know 15 years ago, it was go to meeting, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's other ones around at the time. Um, how on earth they've missed the this, you know, COVID surge and Zooms captured it all. You know, uh, somebody needs uh, shooting on that business, but uh, but yeah, obviously now Zoom, but but yeah, no, no, it's just um, we we work on uh, cloud based systems, so it all works extremely well uh, uh, on, online. It's absolutely brilliant. So, so, so that's brilliant. So, tell us about your business. So, um, what do you do? Where have you come from? Uh, what's your experience, etc. Yeah, so I'm a uh, chartered accountant, former PwC, and I do strategic finance director work. I've got a number of different businesses: um, business growth services, where we work with clients. Uh, we work again. I mentioned about the cloud-based. Uh, accounting system zero, uh, and uh, that really enables that whole remote working with clients uh, piece. Uh, I'm just launching a, a coaching um, business growth institute to to coach clients in financial management and uh, managing profit and cash flow, and I'm doing acquisitions uh, as a, um, uh, a CFO for a private equity group. Uh, and uh, we are hoping to complete on a 20 million turnover acquisition next Wednesday, um, if that goes well. Wow, so pretty busy then. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, but uh, really, uh, really enjoying uh, myself at the moment. And I guess the whole uh, you know, um, theme uh, in terms of what I do with clients and for my own businesses is, is build by exit. So we're looking at helping look at the current business, getting that um, really um, streamlined and, and as a profit and cash flow uh, machine and optimize, optimizing that, buying other businesses to, to build out the, um, 
the offering and then helping uh, business owners exit uh, for high value over sort of a, a you know five year or more period so you that, so it's really interesting and i guess uh, I mean, I know your background in PwC and consulting and all that kind of stuff, but I guess the, the services you offer feel really hands-on, sort of face-to-face, very personal. So how have you managed to carve a niche out where you can sort of have a remote team, work online, etc.? How does that work, work for you? Uh, well, I mean, very, very well. Um, um, I mean, if I think about the clients first... You know, when you're a finance director and you're helping a business owner grow from A to B, there's often problems in the business. It's distress. They've got cash flow issues. And actually, uh, the relationship with business owners is extremely close and intimate. It's almost like marriage counselling sometimes. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, 12 months ago, I would have said, yes, the, the online stuff helps, but face-to-face helps as well and, and, and of course it does um but i've got uh, i've got clients that i've never met and we are extremely close and i would count them friends as well as clients um so it's just it's just uh, yeah the whole and i suspect the covid thing has helped that in that regard in that, that uh, people are much more expecting to relate uh, online so it, it's um but but you know, it's very hands-on and it's very uh, intimate and, and close. Um, you know, it's not a hands-off thing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that, that's clients. Um, uh, staff, I've got some staff I've been working with for three years. I've never met in person. You're uh, joking. No, no. <laughs> I've got, uh, I've got uh, staff. I was, before the podcast, I was thinking about where my staff actually are. Uh, there's, um, I've got staff in Spain uh, and France, expatriates, uh, and uh, got uh, uh, staff in South Africa for, for different bits and uh, access to a big team of um, accountants and bookkeepers in the Philippines. And I've also got uh, people I work with um, a few miles away, yourself included, Dave, but, uh, you know, uh, somebody in Ilkeston and Lisa and, you know, so so it really is uh, international and um because as I say, we've got the common systems, uh, but and I haven't met some of them. I mean, yeah. in fact, most of them have not met face to face in person. I, I mean, that's gone. Sorry, I was going to say. No, I, no, go go for it. Yeah, I think the thing is, what really, what really kind of crystallised the model to me, testament to how it works, is that clearly you introduced it into Sue uh, to help us sort of with our accountancy and stuff like that. Yeah. And, we, me and Dave were on a call with Sue and we were just like we are now. And, and I think she randomly dropped in the, co- in the conversation, oh, it's quite sunny today. And I was looking out my window going, really? It's like, <laughs> and then, and this is, our, this is probably our third meeting with her. And she turned out and said, oh, I'm in Spain. And I was almost like dumbfounded and gobsmacked because it had, it had no impact on the service or anything like that, as far as as far as I'm concerned, she was well. I naturally assumed she was in the UK because yes. that's the default thing, and it is. Yes. And it's only when people tell you, it's like, wow. <laughs> well, it's it, it, now now you know that she'll probably start winding you up by saying, "Oh, it's 42 degrees on my patio." Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a call. I had a call with um, 
Sylvie, the graphic designer based in South Africa, and I was I was getting all excited because it's spring, and I was like, the sun's out and it's lovely, it's thirteen degrees. But, but yeah, it's autumn here, it's thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's another aspect of it actually, because um, take, taking point, uh, Sylvie, a graphic designer in South Africa. I mean, you've seen some of the stuff she does, Dave, and she is absolutely awesome and um you know the ability to you know access you know best in class talent and you know it's only i i, I don't need a full-time graphic designer it's just a, a few hundred pounds a month um but she's doing some phenomenal stuff to support the launch of the business growth institute uh, and just the, the ability to be able to get that talent uh on tap when you need it uh, from you know and it's it's based on how good the talent is not where they're located that's exactly um, location i you know be, being sort of um working in the old corporate world you would constantly compromise yourself by yeah. location and it would be like you're brilliant do you fancy moving from oxford to leicester for this job it was like <laughs> chance no <laughs> <laughs> but now you would just be like great nothing wrong with leicester though well, yeah, I know. I'm not saying it was, but yeah, okay, hang on. That might have just alienated Leicester people. Did it mean that? <laughs> yeah, I think I think the other thing is, you know, when and and it'll be very applicable to your business when um, somebody says they want an accountant. You know, that can mean a, a, a lot of different things. It might mean a bookkeeper. It might mean a management accountant. It might be somebody that manages cash, treasury. It might be an FD that does the forecasting. It might be somebody can go out and raise money and you know those if you if you are stuck with one person if you can only afford one person trying to get that range of skills in one person is is well nigh impossible yeah. um, but being able to get a few hours of an fd and a few hours of a management accountant and three days a week of a bookkeeper for the same sort of budget because it's a distributed team uh, just means that you're probably spending a lot less uh, and you get, uh, you know, the precise amount of skills you need for that particular function. Um, and I, I think, you know, being able to, you know, uh, you know, break it down from one person to multiple people for that role uh, really, um, you know, empowers the, um, maximizes the capability uh, big start in, in my world. And in your world with marketing, I mean, you, you know, marketing, you know, I, I, I think if you if you dabble, you lose. You know, you have to have the best Facebook marketer, the best Google, the best of, of these things to really break through in those technologies. And the, you know, the spread of skills in your world is even greater than mine. Uh, and the, the payoff for expertise is extremely high. And, and the tax for dabbling is is uh, is prohibitive. Yeah, massively. I think, I think that was something we called out. We called out on our website in terms of like this atomization of marketing. You know, just it started out. I mean, when I first got into it, I was a digital marketer. Did a bit of everything. You know, SEO, basically. there wasn't really much social, but you just kind of pick it up. And now each of those sort of disciplines, which I've got a, a little bit of knowledge in, you've got. You can spend your whole life just in one of those things, and I I can't keep up, which is why 
you know, our model works well because we've got lots of different people that are very bloody good at that in all, all of the different areas. Um, so, that, so I guess the, the parallels between our, our businesses in terms of setup are, you know, undeniable. And I think it's really encouraging to hear that um, your clients are sort of seeing exactly the same benefits that we see. I guess what would be really interesting for us to discuss is what, what's going on out there. So we've obviously previous, you know, recently we were working corporate side, we were working client side um, in a business and now we're doing this, but what's, what's happening elsewhere? So what's happening with your clients? Were they making any moves towards this sort of model before COVID or is it, or is that the sort of lit the touch paper that's, you know, changed how your clients operate? Uh, well, um, I mean, case in point, really, we, we, uh, we're looking at acquisition um, uh, about uh, 15 months ago, uh, a firm of engineers, and um, uh, the, I'll have to be a little bit careful what I say here, but that it was sort of break even, not, not making a lot of money. And you looked at the P&L and um, the, the uh, rent was about 15 grand a month which was about 10% of turnover. So 10% of your net profit was going to a landlord, you know, which uh, if, if I was in that business would really piss me off. Um, <laughs> excuse me if I shouldn't be staring, but... Um, well, we'll I don't appropriate on that, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer on Sean's podcast, yeah. Yeah, so I sort of said, well, you know, we've got to make some money in this business, if, and particularly if we're going to buy in, um, what you know, the office rent is is 10% of turnover. What can we do about that? Uh, and we, I said, can we work remotely? Can we reduce the size of the office so that we can save money? Blah, blah, blah. And the there was a lot of pushback from the uh, engineering directors to say, well, you know, that might work for other businesses, but uh, we need uh, the big 3D maps on the table. Everybody needs to look around and see what the, the drawings are telling them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so it, was, it, was no, it was no go. Uh, three weeks later, COVID hit. <laughs> and about three weeks after that, the business was functioning fully from home on Microsoft Teams. Um, and, um, you know, it was the burning platform, right? You know, they had yeah. to do it. And, and, and I think that's what's the whole COVID thing, what I've seen is um, those things that companies who, who were not open to remote working and some of the cloud-based type stuff that, you know, we're very familiar with, um, they were forced into it and actually found that it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, now, in, in this business, uh, I don't know if you want to, uh, shall I just tell you a bit more about how that's developed, Dave? Is that, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so in this business, so uh, we've managed then to restructure the office so that that, that cost has now reduced from 15 grand to four and a half grand. Wow. So, you know, that is 7% net profit savings over a very small period of time. Uh, we've had to remodel the office as a bit of capex to to get to that but um we've now right sized the office to their their team uh and we're 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 um working remotely uh it's all on uh, microsoft azure and and ignite and microsoft 365 all that type of stuff 
Um, there are problems. It's not uh, so easy for, for everybody in their different homes. I mean, some people have got good home environments and some haven't. Um, oh, we had to buy laptops for everybody. That was, that yeah. was a, bit, a bit costly, but, you know, um, and where we're getting to is that actually uh, we, we're going to be offering a hybrid um, uh, arrangement where people can work a couple of days in the office and uh, two or three days at home, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. I think, you, you know, there are some businesses like mine, probably like yours, where you can go all the way uh, and it, it works and you can make it work to be fully remote um, but I think some some businesses, and particularly the ones that have been a bit more traditional in the past, uh, they do want FaceTime with their staff, and uh, you know sometimes the information flow can can take a lot longer virtually than if you were just face to face. You know, so there's yeah. so 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 in that in that uh, business, it's based in central London, um, massive savings. Now it, 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 the staff are even. Uh, not having to do an hour and a half travel each way yeah for yeah, example yeah. <laughs> yeah um and uh but i you know uh but in that particular business the hybrid thing of one or two days in the office a week with a bit of FaceTime, uh, i think that that takes some of the edges off the inefficiencies that come with working remotely if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. i think that the phrase that you coined there sort of right sizing is, is probably the critical term, isn't it? Because it is about, um, it's about having, I think there's definitely going to be a need for space. <clears throat> and I know, you know, obviously Richard and I have set this remotely. I haven't seen him for six months and I'm desperate to, you know, go and see people because <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, looking at these uh, four walls, it's crazy, but we can go anywhere. And I think this is absolutely going to be that hybrid. But I think, like you say, it's, it's about, having the space which is not prohibitively expensive for your business which is appropriate um and i've got there's a friend of mine who works in retail in london in central london he worked in the head office for a fashion brand and they were sort of you know bursting at the seams of their office and they were kind of well, gonna the leases up in a couple need to get a bigger office then covid hit everybody was sent to work remotely all of a sudden uh they're not moving. They're going to keep the office the same size. They're going to hot, everyone's got a hot desk, and they're just going to sort of come in and go as they please. So that that model for that business now is is, is shifted in exactly the same way. You, you could. I think it's it's attitudinal, though, isn't it? In the fact that, and, and I do get that. I get what you're saying, Sean. But actually, there will be that need for a hybrid. And actually, we we've talked before about how the younger generation, how are they going to learn how to interact with people if it's if it's kind of sort of uh, remote. But, but, but to my point of view, it is, a lot of it is attitudinal. And actually, you, you meet sort of leaders or owners of businesses who just go, it's just not possible to work from home. And, and COVID just blew that apart. And they were forced down that change. And, and you know, something my, my dad always used to say to me was like, do you believe it or were you just told it? And actually, I think there's a massive difference there. It's like, it's like, oh, you can't work from home. Yeah, but someone's, someone, what's driving that? And, and a lot of it is, is unfounded belief, really. And COVID, bang, it's got to happen. And now it's like, actually, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, as people have said in the news, you know, COVID's um, brought the changes that were going to happen anyway just a lot faster. 
that's yeah. absolutely right. I mean, I think the, um, uh, you know, some of the industries like marketing and there's a, there's a whole stream in my world of the, the financial um, accountants and that type of stuff who are very cloud driven. There's a whole early adopter yeah. thing in, in my world. Uh, but there are, you know, the traditional minded people in my world, but also in some industries, you know, will come a lot slower but COVID has, has really forced that upon them in a way that uh, left to their own devices wouldn't have happened for a long time. There's, there's, definitely, there's definitely ease in certain things. If I, if I go back to the old corporate world, what I would call shared services, yes. they're easy ones to move. So your finance, your marketing, your HR, yes. your legal teams, there is no need potentially for them to ever be in an office again. But your, your call centres and your, you know, that, that takes time to do that. But yes. there's certain simple ones which you can do and, and probably will never potentially go back post this well i think i mean um certainly there's from what i see in the businesses that i'm involved with there's a real um fed upness with 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 covid and frustration and people want to go out and see people again and particularly sales guys who want to go out and, and meet customers and, and that type of stuff mm. uh, so i think you know there is clearly going to be a as the lockdown hopefully comes off, there'll be a bit of a, you know, swing back the other way, I guess. But um, I don't personally don't see this changing at all. Uh, uh, that, that, that sort of the genie going back into the bottle. I think it's uh, it ain't gonna it ain't going anywhere. That isn't. Um, and uh, you know, uh, some of my colleagues that go into London to some of the offices there, they're saying that the tubes are absolutely empty. You know, and um, so it's just a bit, a bit like a ghost town. So, yeah, I mean, it will reverse as lockdown comes off. But I personally don't see, put it this way, I wouldn't want to be in commercial property in London at the moment as, as a business. I think that would be uh, not a great place to be. Yeah. Um, not, what's your, what are your thoughts on sort of, yeah, sort of like the sort of wider, I guess, economic sort of um, things that have happened as a result? Because I guess over the sort of COVID period, feels like there's been a plenty of sort of money around and support through the government. When that sort of winds back a bit, what, um, what are your views on what might happen there? Well, I mean, you know, during COVID, we've all heard of industries that have absolutely been decimated, you know, retail, hospitality, airlines, etc. And, you know, when the tectonic plates move so aggressively against you, you know, it almost doesn't matter how good at management you are, you know, you may well be going down. There's not, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of businesses, uh, some of my own and business I'm involved with have actually done quite well out of COVID, uh, not least because of the government support around uh, which I have to say is has been absolutely in my in my mind has been absolutely fantastic, and has stopped a lot of companies um, going under. And again, um, the client I was mentioned mentioning earlier, the uh, engineering consultancy. You know, with twenty staff, London wages, w with a drop down of turnover, we could not have kept people on. Yeah, uh, but the furlough scheme enabled us to to manage the cost to the revenue, and 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 kept those jobs. And it would have been terrible to lose them because, 
they're real jobs and they will come back. Um, yeah. So um, I think the government support's been phenomenal. I think uh, some companies have actually got more cash than they've ever had before. And they're actually looking for things to do with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, the balance sheet of, of uh, UK government has, has shifted a lot of uh, um, cash to the balance sheets of individual companies. Uh, and I think, um, you know, the companies that that's the situation for, and as the demand picks up, I think I think you're going to see a lot of activity in the next uh, six months, mm. uh, 12, 12 months. But also, clearly, um, the ones that have got uh, weak balance sheets, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of companies go bust as the support gets lifted off as well. So it's a, it's yeah. a, real, it's a real mixed bag, I think. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost a it's accelerating the shift from, you know, what you class as sort of traditional, to you know modern business, and I guess that's across all sectors, um, all the high streets. I mean, no idea what the high streets kind of look like. You know, John Lewis again announced he's shutting another eight stores, and you know, like you said, commercial property. Who's gonna who's gonna pay for that? You know, the massive hoovering up that these online retailers have done at um, you know, Debenhams and, mm. and Topshop and all that. Yeah. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a shift there. But then also, you, you know, you've got on the other end of the spectrum, like Goldman Sachs. I mean, what's his name? David Solomon. He's like the antithesis or the antichrist for the remote, <laughs> the remote flexible working sort of model. And, you know, has stated that this is just a, you know, an, an abnormal. I think, I think he said aberration, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it is that my my view is it's a bit of a an old school sort of view, and some of the stuff coming out of Goldman Sachs at the moment is, is nuts. Um, but is is that the old world talking, and is it do you, is it your, your do you think that's going to get eaten up? I mean, Goldman Sachs is going to get eaten up. But my view on this the model. Thing. My view on this is is that businesses need to listen. So we we Sean's just talked a lot about you know you know businesses make this decision to do that and to do this to do it. that decision like COVID may be forced on them because actually is there, is there been a, a a shift in power here? So loads of recent research has come out, and again, there's a difference between saying you're going to do it, doing it, but basically in the recent survey half of brits have turned around and said if they were forced to go back to the office post the pandemic they would resign and they would try and find a company who adopted let's call it 21st century business practices i think it, it, it it's, it's the world is changing and actually the power is changing and you will if you want the best people like you talked about right at the beginning of this podcast if you want the best people you've got to attract them in the right way that yeah. used to be wage that used to be perks Actually, now it's probably about flexible working in a home base remotely for a percentage of your working week. Well, I think I think a couple of things there: the, the value transfer from you know old business practice type companies to new business practice type companies, I think, is absolutely huge. Uh, I think the, as you say, the power of the the employee. You know, I think they they realise they can have a life now as well as a career. And uh, the Goldman Sachs model, you know, I mean, if you've seen some of the, um, and perhaps for those who don't, haven't heard about the Goldman Sachs, the, the, the chairman's come out and said that uh, 
remote working is an aberration and everyone's going to get back in the office as soon as possible. Um, but there's been stuff coming out of Goldman Sachs after that as to how many hours some of those people are working. You know, they're, they're saying, can I have a cap on my hours of 100 hours a week, please? Yeah. And, you know, OK, that's young people who, you know, they're just it's starting out in their career for a few years, etc. But I just think there is a real change with people actually wanting a life. Yeah. Uh, and not just, you know money and yeah. and and a career uh, and it's actually a problem with um, professional service firms and actually you know actually trying to find nowadays people that want to buy the current partners out of the business and and, and become directors and owners people don't want to do that so much anymore i mean that was the normal thing when i grew up yeah you want to become a partner in an accounting firm or whatever it was um but but um, people are, are more valuing flexibility, you know, time with the family, living locally, blah blah blah. And I, and I think that uh, I think that will be something that's a very key uh, trend in in uh, in the years to come. And you you said something similar to that the other day, Rick, didn't you, when we were chatting about sort of wage. You can't just throw money at the problem. So everyone says, you know. Yeah. Look at Goldman Sachs, you know, they do 100 hours a week, but they earn really well. But actually, when you work out what the hourly wage is, it's like just minimum wage. You're just being sold the dream almost. And, and I think Richie said that sort of it's just money's a sticking plaster. So you can hate your job or, you know, you've got to grind and you can get paid well for it. But it only goes so far and you just, yeah, there's more, there's more to life than that. And I think that's where... That's the difference probably between the new and the old sort of model. It's even, you know, when I started Price Waterhouse, you know, you'd leave the you'd leave home at seven. And if you got home before seven, you'd be lucky. And it's probably more like eight or nine. And then you've got professional exams to study for. And we did it, you know, yeah. and, and nobody, everybody was very motivated to get qualified, blah, blah, blah. My daughter, who um, joined uh, Deloitte, um, and she was working in the tax department in Birmingham uh, uh, some years ago, and she she used to phone me up and say, "Dad, Dad, I'm I'm just trying to get out of the office. It's five it's five thirty. You know, it's really frustrating. I'm still in the office, and I'm thinking, you're in Deloitte. This is nothing <laughs> like Pricewaterhouse was twenty odd thirty years ago. Uh, people want different things, and and frankly, I think the values of people wanting different things is absolutely right you know it, it's uh you know we 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 work to live not live to work and and actually my generation i think there's probably a bit more of the of that other value if that makes sense yeah 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 i agree but, but, but again it goes back to the whole the world is evolving and like you say that there are there are leaders like yourself who um who are adapting and some people don't adapt but actually you know, I, I can remember when I when I was younger and I got given a mobile phone as a job and I was like, and it, it, it was rubbish. But I was like, I got a mobile phone. Now, if I employed somebody who was 20 and I gave them a Nokia, they'd be like, I want an iPhone. So, it, and it's just, it's just different sort of expectations about what people want. And actually businesses need to change or else they die. But I, th I think... I think there is a Maslow hierarchy of needs sort of perspective here because uh, 
as Dave will know, I, I lived in India for 12 years and, um, you know, they, I, I don't know what the population is, a billion people or, or, or whatever. There's no welfare state and there's, you know, people are desperate to get a decent job uh, and it means an awful lot for your personal securities. And when you're at the, at the, the, the part of the Maslow hierarchy where you're trying to fulfill your basic needs, you know, you haven't got the luxury of making some of the choices that perhaps we do uh, in, a, in a developed economy, in, in good jobs, etc. cetera. Uh, but in, in terms of this marketplace, uh, I, I think um, employers have got to be a lot more flexible and uh, uh, listening to their staff and, and, and working around what they want to do. It's really, really interesting, actually, and, and it's probably sort of the last one, I guess, for me, just a thinking point, I guess, or a talking point, is, is are we almost, uh, will this change actually do us out of jobs? Because what we've all said is that actually our jobs can be anywhere, and yes, we're all, you know, jolly, I think we've, you know, cracked it, that we've got the life and the lifestyle and we're making money and everything great. But actually, to your point, Sean, if there's a billion people in India... And it doesn't matter that they're in India and they can do our jobs in accounting or marketing or anything. <laughs> Is it inevitable, actually, that those our roles will move elsewhere? Well, I, th I think that's the the iceberg, really, of, uh, you know, the, the nine tenths of the iceberg that are under the surface. The what's on the surface, COVID, we've, we've seen, we, we understand the implication of that, etc. And it's changed things, etc. Actually, what's coming in terms of AI and, and automation and all of that type of stuff, I mean, I think I saw something like 20 million jobs in the UK will will go. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, I think there is a, a real uh, competitive, you know, you've got to really think carefully about what you're going to be doing over the next five or ten years and, and whether that job's still going to be there or not. My answer and accounting is is a, is a is a key one there that that a lot of work is going offshore through software AI etc. My response to that is uh, I just I've got to be at the head of the I've, I've just got to be at the, uh, the the front end of what's happening because I've got far more chance of surviving and actually yeah. embracing those changes and uh, um, you know. Uh, taking advantage of them rather than being a, 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 a laggard and, and actually getting your legs cut off, which is exactly what's going to happen if you don't adapt. Yeah, yeah. Super. Really, really interesting chat. Great insight from uh, from you there, Sean. Thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And cool. uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there's more to come. And of course, if you want to join our community, if you're an awesome marketer based anywhere in the world, um, then visit the website, theimgroup.co.uk slash join. If you'd like to work with us and our community of, of marketing experts, then again, have a look at the website, theimgroup.co.uk and uh, we'll uh, be in touch to see how we can help. Thanks so much for your time today, guys. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you again on the next one. Cheers. Cheers.